Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 6, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. There are some Christians who believe that poverty is a sign of spirituality and a guarantee into the kingdom. Anybody know anybody like that? Poverty is a sign of spirituality and a guarantee into the kingdom. Some people believe that. Now, we need to understand in the Greek language, there are two words for poor. One means, listen, to be short on cash, to be living day to day, paycheck to paycheck, which is most of us. That's one version of poor. The other means, this is the one you want to be concerned with, you have nothing at all. You are empty and totally destitute. You are lost, spiritually bankrupt, and spiritual poverty, and in spiritual poverty. Being poor in spirit is not going around saying, I'm nothing, I'm nobody, I'm worthless. Being poor in spirit is what you experience when you encounter God. Did you hear that? Being poor in spirit, it reminds me of Isaiah when he encountered God. What did he say? Woe is me, I'm a man of unclean lips. I tell you what, when you encounter God and, and you fall, you'll fall on your face before God, by the way. You know, I, I hear people all the time, my, my glasses are dirty, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I actually wrote this part of the end of my sermon. It's, they are, that's why I can't keep them on. Um, you know, there are people who write books, and they write, uh, do CDs and talk about when they encountered God and how they stood and talked to God, and God gave them a message and all of these things and how they just stood there and worshiped before the throne and all that kind of stuff. I'm going to tell you something. We don't see that in the scripture. What we see in the scripture, when people really encounter God, God says, like Moses, take off your shoes. You are standing in the presence of the Holy One. To Isaiah, he said, get on your face. Woe is me. That's what comes to you. When you get in the presence of God, what happens is you start to understand that you are in a place of spiritual poverty. You're in a place of spiritual poverty. You're destitute. You're nothing before God. Where is it that we're getting this in our culture that we're everything? Some people make themselves more than God. Nowadays, people are amazing. Don't y'all know God is holy? Don't you know God is not like you? God is not the man upstairs. He's not, God is not on your level. I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. Would you do that? That's a little better. God is not on your level. When you get in front of God, you understand any Christian 
understands that in the presence of God, there is spiritual poverty, that we're destitute. We, We are impoverished. We are poor. We have nothing to offer God. You know, I was thinking about my spiritual poverty. I'm in the line at Harris Teeter on Friday. This is true. I'm in a line at Harris Teeter on Friday, and I really had a sense of spiritual poverty because this lady in front of me was taking a really super long time to write her check out. And honestly, I'm just a sinner. Y'all don't judge me. Pray for me. But I'm looking at this lady thinking, why is she doing this to me? God strike her down. And then I was like, oh, man, that's how I know I'm impoverished. I'm spiritually in poverty. Or you know you're in spiritual poverty. All you got to do is get out there on that 40. Drive behind somebody who's going really, really slow. We're all in the place of spiritual poverty, bankrupt and sinful. And Jesus said, you are blessed if you are in the place of being poor. Understand something, saints. This is a radical teaching in Jesus' day, and it's a radical teaching in our day. Because the world's message and the world's philosophy is very different. The world's philosophy is know thine own self and to your own self be true. The world's philosophy is when you find life, you find yourself. Jesus says when you seek him, you find life. The world tells you, look, if you are poor in spirit, you're a wimp. The world tells you if you want to succeed in life, you got to force your way. The world tells you he who dies with the most toys wins. My question is wins what? When you're dead, you're dead. And when you're dead, you ain't taking none of it with you. You've never seen a hearse pulling a U-Haul. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. But that's what the world says. The world says, blessed are the movers and shakers and the powerful and the prominent. The world tells you the way up is up, but the word says the way up is down. The world tells you to do whatever is necessary to have life, but the word tells you if you want to save your life, then lose it and you will find it. And I'm afraid that the Christians and the church saints, listen, are buying into the world's philosophy. There's so much teaching on you're blessed when you are succeeding and wealthy. Jesus says you're most blessed when you realize that you are poor in spirit. And then if you add Matthew chapter 5, remember it's something like this same sermon. Matthew 5 says, for theirs is the kingdom of God. It says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. God will take the totally destitute person who puts their trust in him and make them a part of the kingdom. And then in verse 21 again, go ahead and peek at it. Blessed are those who are hungry now. So this tells me that there are a lot of blessed people in this room right now. Are you hungry now? A lot of blessed people. You should say yes. In other words, listen, blessed are those who are hungry to know God. Blessed are those who are hungry to be used by God. Blessed are those, in verse 21, who weep. In Matthew, Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. This word weep or this word mourn, if you're taking notes, means or it speaks of a deep, intense anguish and brokenness over sin, a deep, intense anguish and brokenness over sin. It means to stop and take a hard look at your life and say, I'm spiritually bankrupt and I need to grieve over 
the sin in my life. In other words, watch this. Jesus is simply saying here, happy are the unhappy. Hmm. Happy are the unhappy. You know, it was David who wrote in Psalm 30, verse 5, for his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for life. Weeping may endure. Don't you love this verse? Weeping may endure. Somebody help me. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Happy are the unhappy. Life is filled with sorrow. But Paul wrote in Romans 8, 18, for I consider the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in him. Happy are the unhappy because someday we will be happy. Look at verse 22. Blessed are those who hate you. And when they exclude you from their company and revile you and cast your name out as evil, for whose sake? For Jesus' sake, for God's sake. Listen, this is, this is a good plaque verse, isn't it? It's good plaque material and good to hang on your wall, but it's hard to live. I got to be honest, I'm not good at any of this. Any of this that Jesus is talking about, I'm not good at it. Jesus is saying, rejoice and leap for joy when people talk about me, laughing when I'm in pain and in sorrow, being hungry and knowing that I'm going to be filled. And now he's telling me that when men hate me, I am blessed. And don't be mad when people exclude me as a Christian. I'm not good at any of this. Now, listen, when you're walking with the Lord, again, very practical, listen, when you're walking with the Lord and you're really walking with God, I'm only talking to people who are really walking with the Lord. When you are walking with the Lord, don't expect to get invited to the party. Is that helpful? Because you won't be invited to the party when you're really walking to the Lord because you're a bummer. Isn't that good to take away from church? It's like, go home. What did you learn today, honey? I'm a bummer. <laughs> you're a bummer. If you're a Christian, you're a bummer. Why? Because you don't smoke or chew or go with girls who do. When you're around people, they can't swear like they want to or drink like they want to or get high like they want to. When you come to the party, people go, oh, here comes Mr. or Mrs. Christian. Here comes the Jesus person. And they mock you. And they exclude you so they don't invite you to happy hour, which I don't know. You're not missing anything anyway. I've never seen anybody happy at happy hour. Why do they call it happy hour? They should call it sad hour. Then nobody would come, so you have to call it happy hour. Then people will come, okay, fine. You know, no, people will exclude you. They'll exclude you because you're a Christian. And at the same time, get this, if there's a tragedy, and you know this to be true, if there's a tragedy in their family or a need for prayer, guess who's the first person they ask? They ask you. They'll, they'll tell you. I remember I was in the military, and, you know, guys don't want you, you know, the Marine Corps, guys don't want you to know I'm a, you know, I'm a Christian and, or I believe in prayer or anything. And they have something happen in their family. Like, they used to call me Doc because I was a hospital corpsman. And they go, hey, Doc, hey, Doc, come here, Doc. I go, what, what? 
hey, Doc, uh, could you, like, um, you know, don't tell anybody I'm talking about this, but could you, like, uh, send up a prayer to the big kahuna? Like, I've got, like, I'm like, who you want me to pray to? I don't know. Who is the big kahuna? I don't know. Uh, you know, like the Jesus. Jesus. You know, the God person you pray to. You know, when something happens, you're the person they come to. Jesus said, you're blessed when they exclude you from joining them in their party. And, you know, some people, listen, some people you don't want to hang out with anyway. Somebody say amen. You don't want to hang out with them anyway. Ladies, listen, let me help you out. Single ladies, let me help you out. If you got a guy that keep asking you out and you don't want to go out with him because he's kind of creepy, and you really just don't want to go out with him, let me tell you, here's the best way to get, get rid of him. All you have to do is just start preaching the gospel. Is that a help to you? I hope so. All you have to do is start preaching the gospel. Just tell him, say, you know, I want you to know that Jesus loves you. And I want you to know that, you know, when you're around me, I just have to be honest, when you're around me, you kind of creep me out. And, but Jesus loves you, and, and Jesus died for your creepy self, and, 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 and he wants to save you from your creepiness. Just say that. And just say, hey, look, if you don't allow Jesus to deliver you from your creepiness, you're going to burn in hell forever. I guarantee you, he will never speak to you again. I'm just trying to help you. I'm your pastor. I love you. He will never speak to you again. He'll stop bothering you. You see, you don't want to hang out with him anyway. But notice it doesn't say, the Bible doesn't say you're blessed when people cast you out because you're weird. Notice it says you will be blessed if you are persecuted. Did you get this? For Christ's sake. That's very important. Notice in verses 24 through 26, Jesus pronounces three woes. Now, remember, there is a mixed crowd of people. This is very important. There's a mixed crowd of people here. So now Jesus is talking to the others in the crowd. Number one, woe unto you who are rich. The word woe speaks of great grief. There is great grief to those who think they have it all together because they're rich, because they have possessions, and because they have popularity. Jesus says, that is grief. Why? Why? Why is it grief? Because you're rich. Why is it grief? If money, is money bad? No, money's not bad. The Bible never says money's bad. The Bible says the, thank you, the love of it is bad. There's nothing wrong with money. Money is neither good nor bad. Huh? Depending on what you do with it. If you buy drugs with it, you made it bad. If you use it for the glory of the kingdom, you made it good. Not only did you make it good, but you sent it ahead because it's a reward in heaven for you. So money's not bad. But Jesus said, if you're rich, there's grief. Why? Because that's all you have. If you're looking to your possessions and to your popularity, then that's all you have. That's going to bring you grief. The interesting thing is you're never satisfied when you have enough. Isn't that true? You know, someone asked Rockefeller, how much makes a man happy? And he said, just a little more. Interesting. 
Howard Hughes had everything, living in obscurity and hiding, and yet he was the most miserable man alive. Woe to the one with riches, because without Christ, they're never satisfied. And number two, woe unto you who are full, for you shall be hungry. If you think you have it all together and you find yourself hungering, Jesus said, remember, he said, I am the bread of life. And if you eat of him, you shall never thirst again. I love John chapter four, the woman at the well, as Jesus said to her, I'm the living water. And if you drink of me, you will never thirst again. You see, Jesus is making the point to people who don't know him. Remember the others in the crowd. There were Pharisees and Sadducees and all kinds of people in this crowd of people we're talking to. Context, context, people. There's all kinds of people there. So Jesus is telling these people who are depending on their riches, depending on their popularity, depending on the things that they can do for themselves, Jesus is simply making the point that nothing will satisfy you except him. I don't know how many of you have come to that place in your life to realize that nothing really satisfies except Jesus. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care how nice your car is. One thing about a car, it's nice for about a month. Isn't that true? You get a nice car, you got all the bells and whistles, in dashboard navigation, two-tone seats, woofers. You got everything in the car, everything you could possibly have in the car. It's nice for about a month till the next new car comes out. And then you're like, oh, I need to get that car. I got to get that car. What's that guy's name, uh, iPod? Jobs? What's his name? Stephen Jobs. Well, that man must have some money. Somebody need, uh, he needed to go to church and get saved. We, we can make the kingdom further. <laughs> Don't know where that came from. <laughs> but, but I think he understands that. That, it, that it's about the next thing. So he puts one thing out there, and then, and then the next thing is just a little bit nicer than that thing. I'm always thinking, how come you couldn't have put that application and all that other stuff in the first thing? Why? Because he knows folk are greedy. I ain't talking to nobody here. They don't buy this, and then we'll save it, send it, put another product out because you want more, and then we'll put another product out because you want more, and we'll put another product out because you want more, and he's just making millions. Why? Because he understands a very basic principle in life of what Jesus has already told us. We are never satisfied, always hungry. Doesn't matter what you have, you always want more. Christians, if we could just learn to just be like Paul when he said, whatever state I find myself in, I'm content. I've learned to abound and I've learned to abase. Wherever I am, I'm just content. Christians, can we be that way? I'm just content. Whatever I have, whatever I don't have, I can be content in everything. Always wanting more. Jesus is saying, listen, nothing is going to satisfy you except 
him. I've learned that in my 26 years of being a Christian. Anybody else? Just curious. Anybody? Okay, good. Ten people. Amen. Praise the Lord. Nothing can satisfy like Jesus. He told that woman, you drink of this water? He was talking about regular water. Regular water, like H2O. You drink of this water, you'll thirst again. He said, if you drink of the water that I shall give you, is living water. Are you hearing me? You'll never thirst again. You eat of the bread that I will give you, manna from heaven, you'll never be hungry again. Bread in the word, manna in the word, manna in the Bible, bread in the Bible speaks of the word of God. We need to feed on the word of God and have a steady diet of the word of God. Jesus is simply making the point. Nothing is going to satisfy you if you just go through life thinking you don't need Jesus, thinking you don't need forgiveness. You have everything right now. You'll laugh now, but you'll cry later. And then the third and final woe, woe to you when all men speak well of you. Can I tell you something? If you're a sold out Christian, I told you the sermon is very practical. If you're a sold out Christian, everyone will not speak well of you. If you really love Jesus, listen over here. If you really love Jesus and you really are serving the Lord, some people just ain't going to like you. You're going to rub people wrong. As a matter of fact, I'd even go as far as to say this. If you're really serving Jesus and sold out for the Lord, then, then, then for sure you will be rubbing some people wrong. That's a fact. Why? Because God's ways are not like the world's ways. Are y'all getting me? God's ways are not like the world's ways. Everything about the Christian life is a direct antithesis to what the world says. The world says, hold on to your life. Jesus is give it away. The world says, look out for yourself. Jesus says, look out for others. The world says, be a blessing to you. Jesus says, be a blessing to others. The world says, love yourself. Jesus says, love him. Did you hear me? <laughs> Everything about the Christian life is complete. Jesus says, love those who hate you. The world says, hate those who hate you. Jesus says, somebody slap one cheek, give them the other to slap. Now, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> don't even try this at home. If you slap the pastor, I don't know. I might go in prayer and speaking in tongues. I might knock you out. I don't know. I'm just loving the Lord. Pray for me. I told you, don't judge me. Pray for me. Everything about the Christian life is different. So, so if you're loving Jesus, you're going to be rubbing people wrong. And if you're not rubbing somebody wrong, I would encourage you, check in. You know, you need to check in. When you're truly living for Jesus, somebody, somewhere, ain't going to like you. And that's just the way the Christian life goes. Christianity 101. And any honest Christian will tell you, those who are children of the kingdom... And they understand the message of the kingdom. Are poor in spirit, mourning over their sin. They're hungering and thirsting after righteousness. And people are going to talk about you because you're serving God. But we also understand we do this for Christ. 
we understand that our reward is great in heaven. Guys, we got to get kingdom-minded and not earthly-minded. And man, I, I'm telling you every week, I, I don't know why. I'm, I'm feeling burdened by the condition of the church today. Not just this church, although I'm the pastor of this one, certainly concerned about this one. But the church, Christian folk, well, I don't care where you live, what country, what continent, it doesn't matter. I'm concerned because I know and I hear a different message coming to people than what is in this Bible. I hear a purporting of a different lifestyle than what is in this Bible for the believer. I'm not, th- look, if you're not a Christian, you can check out and go to sleep right here. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to believers. If you're a believer, then you need to be living by what this says. Hmm? I'm going to wait while you clap your hands. That's all right. Not, don't, don't let the world, Romans 12, 1 and 2 and 3, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is a good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Be not conformed, but be transformed. We got to be mindful. The world's trying to squeeze you into its mold. Christians, don't let the world squeeze you into his mold because you're going to find yourself hungry and thirsty and empty and missing out on what God wants for you and how God wants to use you. You have so much to lose by not following Jesus. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.